Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pro Talk. Uh, this is Houston Hawley here. I'm the Vice President of ProVantage Corporate Solutions and also your host of Pro Talk. Today we have a very special guest, Mr. Nick Lay. Uh, he is our Director of Construction Services and Bid Operations, and this man has a wealth of knowledge about the field, our industry, uh, and also uh, about ProVantage in general. So let's get started. Nick, welcome to the show, man. Thanks a lot, Houston, for having me. Yeah, man, I can't wait to kind of get into our discussion today. Uh, today, we're going to really talk about life on the road and certain tips and tools of the trade that Nick has kind of accumulated over his time with ProVantage and also in his further, uh, the, for the companies that he worked at before working for ProVantage. So before we get started, just wanted to, if you don't mind giving a little bit of your background. So how long you've been at ProV and then also how long you've kind of worked in the industry and kind of what you've done over your years. Uh, so yeah, I've been at ProVantage for seven and a half years. Uh, prior to that, I worked in the same industry uh, for another company. I worked for that gentleman for 17 and a half years and then about four to five years prior to that for a couple other companies. Uh, overall industry work is 28 years this June. So, oh so I've been uh, I've been on the road for a while. Well done, man. Well, that is fantastic. And congratulations for your time at Pro-V and just the, the, the long and illustrious career that you've had overall. Um, before we jump into tips of life on the road, which is kind of our, our core topic today, do you mind just kind of giving a, an overview on construction services, which is really the uh, portfolio that you manage out in the field, kind of what those clients are and, and maybe a high level overview of kind of the work that you guys do just for some of our employees that may not have the experience on your side. So at construction services, we, we tend to do larger builds, larger steel builds, uh, more major gondola builds, uh, more new store installations. Uh, we do also do some remodel work uh, that includes some merchandising. Uh, but clients include uh, Sam's Clubs, BJ's, uh, Harbor Freight uh, Tools, uh, Lowe's, uh, Cons, Home Plus, uh, Tractor Supply. Uh, there, there's, a, there's, a, guys, there's a lot of these. Uh, but we, uh, we tend to take care of, of, of everything. Uh, Floor Decor is another big one. Mm -hmm. but we tend to take care of, of construction and, and new installs and then major reset installs. Um, and <clears throat> we we do a lot more jobs throughout the year. Yeah, uh, it's uh, uh, it's nothing for us to have forty five locations just under uh, under four and a quarter for the year. Uh, we could have as many as as forty five fifty locations for Harbor Freight. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and that's you know the the way we're growing. Some we're getting up to around seventy for some locations. So multiple teams, multiple directions, with lots and lots of movement, and, and the skilled folks getting out there and, and knocking it out of the park and getting that stuff built to to the customer specs. Absolutely, yeah, and, and you make a great point because <clears throat> Michelle Redman, who's our other director of field operations, obviously kind of deals more with Walmart and Target, those longer projects, and and you see a little bit of the same with Lowe's, obviously, but uh, the the majority of the clients that you mentioned, they're quick hitting projects. They're high octane. Their their big scopes are a lot more skill you know skilled work, and it really takes a, a unified team and a lot of back end logistics to ensure that our teams are getting where they need to. They're getting the per diem they need. They're getting the resources, the equipment, the materials they need to be successful on site. It's just a it's a very high octane portfolio. 
Would you uh, agree? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, considering that, that some some rollouts that were presented by some of our, our customers, they they are so short in duration that yeah. one of our, our one of our teams may hit three locations a day, mm-hmm. uh, and that's you know they get there, they get set up, they find the material, they get started, they finish. That about an hour drive to the next one, do the same thing, and then get to the third one, and, and to logistically plan that so that they can stay either you know in a centralized location and hit m- multiple stores, or have enough time to drive from the last store that evening to to get set up for the next morning. Uh, it, it's a lot of challenges, a lot of planning on on my team's part mm-hmm. to to make that happen. And then a lot of tenacity out of the team members out there. I mean, they do an outstanding job uh, absorbing some of this, you know, before they get back to a regular schedule where there may be someplace in my in our scenario may, you know, stable maybe four days in the same town for them. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, so 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 it is a lot of logistics, a lot of moving parts. That's that's wonderful mm-hmm. to hear. And, and again, the reason I just wanted to recap that for everyone is for the individuals that haven't worked on Nick's side, just to kind of understand the other half of our business. Um, and you also have bid operations under underneath you. So maybe if you don't mind giving a quick elevator pitch on what that means and kind of how those bids uh, are, are so important to our business and, and the time it takes to kind of to, to get those right, you know, daily and weekly. Well, well, Houston, I mean, my desire is for every one of our employees to be gainfully employed at least 50 weeks out of the year mm-hmm. and allow them to have basically a two-week vacation time. So we, we're we constantly sent new, new jobs, new types of jobs, uh, different types of, uh, of remodels, rollouts, new store installations, that uh, myself, my bid analyst, we look at very, very closely to see if it's number one, if it's the right fit for for the company, number two, if it's the right fit for our team members, and number three, if we have the skill set to actually provide what they what what the customer needs and wants, mm-hmm. uh, and then we, if we have historical data, we'll pull down historical data. And we'll try to get as close as we can so we're competitive against the other people that are bidding this. If we have no historical data, uh, still today, I'll jump in my truck and drive as much as three hours to, to walk a site to see if it's a good fit for ProVantage and for our teams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and then we come back, we have multiple discussions. Uh, we take the photos that, that I took on walks. And we put all of that together, and then we'll we'll shoot something out to the to the potential customer or to an old customer that's, that's wants something new done in their locations. And, and I mean, we've been we've been very lucky to get a lot of this stuff right, and we we actually get work out of this, and we can keep the teams on the road and keep them keep them gainfully employed. Absolutely, yeah. You made a ton of great points there, and, and kind of to summarize, you know, it's, it's all of that legwork that that uh, Nick does as a director of, of bid operations, as well as Ryan, his bid analyst, it's, it, it's so important because if we bid too high, then we don't win the work and we can't keep our people working. If we bid too low, then we can't you know, continue to do that work and, and make money to then pay our individuals uh, and keep everybody working as well. So it's really important to be in that sweet spot in the middle there. Um, well, I appreciate you kind of giving us your, your biography there. I put you on the spot there. That was not uh, not part of the conversation, but um, I just thought it was really important that everyone kind of knows uh, both sides of uh, both sides of ProVantage and, and kind of the work we do. So now jumping in uh, into the true topic of the day, which is again, life on the road and different tips and tools of the trade. Wanted to ask you a couple questions on what you've learned over you know your extensive career. Um, 
your illustrious career in terms of how you can be successful on the road, how you can make the most of it and things like that. So the first question I want to ask you is, um, do you have maybe one or two helpful tips uh, for employees traveling to projects uh, just in general? That you can that pop into mind. Well, I mean, number one, it's planning. And, you know, if you get a job assignment and, and you know that you want to go do this work and and, and travel, uh, you know, it, one of the first things I do is is look at hotels in that area. And I, I'm an old guy, so you know, back when I started, there wasn't even internet, so I, it was very hard to look for hotels at that point in time. But as you research that, you know, prior to leaving, call the hotels. You know. And, and have the conversations with, with the managers and say, hey, this is what we're doing. This is where we're going to be working. Uh, you know, some, some of those hotel managers are pretty, uh, they're pretty motivated to fill, <clears throat> fill their hotels. And, and I found that when you call some of these hotels and you talk to them and let them know what you're doing, what your per diem rate is, a lot of them will work with you. Uh, you know, and, and they'll, they'll try to come up to a solution because they know at that point in time, they're going to have a respectable customer that's going to be there for X amount of time. And if they can make the, the per diem work, they, they will, because then they know that they have basically professionals staying in their building. They don't have to worry about any of the problems of written to locals that people want to come in and party mm-hmm. and just raise cane. Uh, so that I found that's one of the biggest things I found that they will work. The, sec- out, yeah. the second thing is, is from the day I started this, I treated this like a business for myself. And, and what I mean by that is, is I, I f- try to figure out a way where I never touch my payroll to, to, to live on the road. Uh, I lived completely off my per diem. So I had separate accounts. My payroll went to one account. My per diem went to the other account. And then, I, you know, I managed the money. So between the per diem and your travel pay, and you know what the maintenance on your vehicle is going to cost, but your mileage and your, and your travel pay, that all went into a separate bucket. And, and then I would make try to make good, smart decisions about where I stayed and how I lived while I was on that job. <clears throat> I've been in, in areas where it took every dollar of my per diem to pay for the hotel, and I had to go into my payroll just, you know, to eat on because we used to not have hotel adjustments whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, and the, my previous employer, he did not believe in hotel adjustments. Your, your per diem is what it is. You, you make it. Or you, or you don't. And if you didn't think you could make it, you didn't accept the job. So <clears throat> by by doing that, I found that if if I live right, and I'm a pretty simple guy, that at the end of a six, eight-week job, I actually may have money left over out of a my surplus, per diem, yeah. a surplus. And then if I get sent to someplace <laughs> that's more expensive, I still, still kind of had a bank. Uh, but like I said, it, you know, the, the key to, to living right is – is you can't go to Chili's and eat every meal. You, you know, I always, I always try to get hotels that had a refrigerator, a microwave, and, and basically one, if the hotel had breakfast, I'd eat breakfast at the hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, lunch was kind of like a snack or something. And then in, in the evening, I, you know, I had a microwave meal. And then I would pick one day a week, especially if we were off on, on Sundays or Saturdays, because a lot of jobs I did in the past have been six or seven days a week. I'd pick one day a week where, hey, I'm going to go have a good meal. Mm-hmm. And, and I would go to Cracker Barrel or I'd go to TGI Fridays or whatever the case may be, whatever I was in the mood for, and, and drop you know drop a $25 meal you know in, in my belly. Uh, but 
if you live the right way, it, then you, you can you can make it work it, up to and including. And I've known people who's done this. They've saved enough money if they had health issues and they had to buy medicine. The Tripodium not only would buy their, their food and their hotel, but they could still they could purchase their medicine. So they they were that far ahead just by being smart and, and living the right way on the road. Absolutely, and it, and that kind of you, you kind of gave really good two really good points there. Planning from a hotel perspective, calling ahead, and then overall. Uh, treating treating your per diem and your income as a personal business and trying to separate the two. I think those are really two good points. And it kind of leads us into kind of hotel and motel codes that we have for our employees. Do you mind touching on that a little bit just to kind of get the word out there? Well, yeah, we we have our, our scheduling team and, and director of support operations done an excellent job working with hotels and, and getting some codes that provide some discounts what everybody needs to know is that's not the only discount you can get i mean those codes are great you punch them in you you can you can see a discounted rate when you're booking once you get on site if you're a veteran mention it to the hotel sometimes they will give you an additional discount for being a veteran if sign up for all of the rewards programs like choice rewards Wyndham rewards all that stuff because you get to the point with after especially traveling if you travel 50 weeks out of out of the year you'll get to the point where you'll get an additional maybe 10 to 15% plus the discount code just for being a member of their rewards program. And then once you're elevated to say a diamond status or platinum status, whatever that hotel chain does, at that point in time, you may be better off not even using the promo codes because you every time you book, you immediately get a 20% discount. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can there's multiple a multitude of things you can do with hotels that at a corporate level of like Choice or Wyndham to, to get discounts. But there's also that conversation piece when you get there, say, hey, you know, I'm a veteran or... Uh, or, or or I'm a senior citizen, or what you know, whatever the case may be, trip away, because some of those will actually tack on to the code that we have and even save you more money. So you know, and, and ProVantage is very very good about hey, your per diem is your per diem. If you have money left over, we don't want it back. You get to keep that money. So if you treat it as a business and you try to live on a budget. It, again, you you can at the end of the day maybe have a couple extra coin to put in your pocket. Yeah, I really like that. And, and your point about the rewards programs uh, that you mentioned is is fantastic as well. Because if you build those up and you end up getting free nights, you can use the free nights and pocket that per diem, and that's tax free money for you. Yep. The government doesn't tax, and, and you get to keep. What most people don't know is if you're in a situation where you're in a CLC. And because it's just too astronomically high for that area and ProVantage makes the decision that the best route to go is the CLC. If you're part of that hotel's reward programs, when you check in on that CLC, tell them, hey, I'm a member mm-hmm. and give them your membership card or your number and they will attach that to CLC. So you get those points for staying on the CLC as well. Absolutely. So, I mean, then, you know, at the end of the year, in, like to Houston's point, you may decide to pocket per diem and, and stay in a hotel, you know, using privileged nights or that two weeks that, that we would love for people to be able to take off during the year. You can take your family on a nice vacation true, and, and yeah. have no lodging costs. Yeah, you know, true. this is a personal perk to, to our team members. Per- that's perfect. Yeah, really good point there as well. Um, kind of switching gears a little bit. Um, obviously, how many states have you hit out of 50? 48 out of 50. 48. What are the two you're missing? Hawaii and Maine. 
Hawaii and Maine, so yep. opposite ends of the spectrum, yep. as far apart as they can be. As far east and, and as, as far, far west, west yeah. as we can go there. That's funny. That's funny. Do you mind maybe mentioning one or two of kind of your favorite places you've seen and you've been able to, to kind of see with your own two eyes because of the travels you've, you've been on? Uh, Alaska was amazing. Okay. Uh, uh, Where were you at in Alaska? Uh, Wasilla. Okay. Uh, from the same place Sarah Palin was mayor at there. Okay. Uh, and so Wasilla's in a valley. I mean, it, it's uh, I, when you're driving to Wasilla from Anchorage on the on the right hand side is just these. I mean, just monstrous mountains. Wasilla's kind of flat and drops off into a deeper gully, and then it goes right straight back up the mountain on the other side. But uh, it it was really cold up there, and it was it was really uh, the I guess freakish part about it was when. I got there, there was like eight hours of sunlight. Okay. By the time I left, there was only about four and a half hours of sunlight a day. Oh, my goodness. And I was only there a month. So, I mean, you know, like in the lower 48, in the winter, you used to lose maybe two minutes a day of sunlight, Mm -hmm. you know, until we get to December 21st and they start getting longer. Up there, it's like you're losing 15, 20 minutes a day of daylight because of where it sets on the globe. But while I was in Alaska one night, and we 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 carpooled, and we I had I had twenty five thirty guys up there, and we had like five six minivans, and, and I was a driver. So every night when we got off work, I'm like, look guys, you all can have me till seven thirty. I'll take you any place you want to go, get something to eat, Walmart or whatever. So all the guys one night was like, hey, we need to go back to the hotel for a few minutes before we go to Walmart. And I said that's fine. I need could do a couple of things. So. I got ready to go get in the van and drive around and pick the guys up. And there's this huge Kodiak bear like right behind my van in the parking lot of the hotel. <laughs> because they would come off the mountains yeah. down in that gully to get water because yeah. there was a creek bed in, in the bottom. Yeah. And uh, so my phone's ringing off. The guys are like, where are you at? And I'm like, we ain't going nowhere. <laughs> and they're like, what's wrong? I said, there's a huge bear. Well, they were all upstairs and they looked out their windows and they're like, yeah, we may forego his trip tonight. <laughs> so yeah, it, was, it was pretty cool. That's cool, man. Well, do you mind, um, do you have any tips on kind of finding things to do in the t- in a town you, you know, obviously aren't from and, and kind of maybe what you use to, to figure out what you can do on the weekends when you have a day or two off? Well, the internet's great. I mean, when you get to town, you know, you get set up, you go to work, you know, the, you know that first week's always kind of hectic because mm-hmm. you're just getting in and stuff. But in your spare time, hit the internet and search like attractions. Uh, you know, there was a, I can't remember the place, but I, when we worked in Gillette, Wyoming, there was like a ton of like just natural attractions. Yeah, yeah. And we were pretty close to, to Mount Rushmore when we worked there. We were also pretty close to, I think they called it, uh, uh, it was some kind of, of like tower. It yeah, was yeah. a stone tower. But Look at that stuff. See what's in areas. A lot of that stuff's free or it's very, very cheap. Some of the stuff's national parks. It costs like two bucks to get in. And, you know, you got to run to the park. Uh, when I was in Utah, we went to Zion Canyon, and, and we, it, you could go in there for free. But if you rode like the trolley, it would take you up to the upper end of the canyon where they rock climb and stuff, and bring you back down. It was like three bucks a person to ride this little trolley mm-hmm. to do that that tour. But it. You'll find a ton of free stuff. You'll also find a ton of like just like nat- nat- natural monuments and stuff that you can you can go see. 
I mean, in Kentucky, you may want to go to High Bridge and see the Hanging Bridge, or mm-hmm. you know, in Pennsylvania, the the covered bridges are, are a big thing. Yeah. yeah. We, you also certain times of year run up on a ton of festivals where you can just walk around and kind of people watch. And, <laughs> and, 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 I mean, they have great food. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it, most of it's pretty reasonable. They do arts and crafts. Uh, you know, so there there's a ton of stuff to do. And then as far as nightlife, I mean, if you're off on a weekend and, and that's your thing, then, you know, there's there's your hometown club may be the fascizzle for when you're home. But but when you're out on the road, you may find some place, I mean, it's like really, really fancy that you've always wanted to go to a club like that or something and dance and, and be able to pop in there, mm-hmm. you know. So just like I said, the Internet, use the Internet, find out what's going on around you. And, and sometimes you'll hear people in stores I've been in, in stores working with some of the employees, and they're like, hey, have you ever had Puerto Rican food? And I'm like, no, sounds great, though. And they're like, let me give you an address to a place. You know, when, when you develop those relationships and somebody gives you, an, a, a, like, an address to some place to go eat, they almost will never send you someplace bad. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you can, and then you get to experience, like, that whole Puerto Rican culture, like mm-hmm. if you're in New York City or the Cuban culture or whatever. It's just amazing. That's cool, man. Yeah, a lot of good tips there. That's fantastic. The Internet is an amazing thing. You can find uh, unbelievable, like you said, natural monuments, uh, state parks, but then, you know, different town festivals and events and things like that. that that's great to hear. So a couple more questions, and we'll kind of wrap this thing up here. Uh, again, shifting gears a little bit. Do you have any tips for... Sorry for the interruption, everybody, uh, but it's time for our word of the month. So, Nick, what word do you have? I think we'll do innovate this month. Innovate. That's perfect. So, innovate to elevate is one of our core values. Uh, it's a very important uh, topic for us because the more that we're innovating out in the field, the more we can support each other and, and do well and everyone prosper. So, please check your pro daily for the survey to submit that word uh, and enter a chance to win uh, some of our pro vintage swag and gear. Special congratulations to the winner from last uh, episode's Word of the Month, uh, where we spoke with Scott, Rachel McMillan, Amanda Short, and Jen Schutz were our winners. So appreciate you guys tuning in. Appreciate you guys submitting that word. Congratulations on your win. Congratulations on that Pro Vantage swag. Thank you, guys. Now let's get back to the show. Do you have any tips for how you're, you're able to kind of work through that? Uh, no, I, no, not really. Okay. I mean, the, I, I mean, I'm a strange, I'm a strange beast. I always try to treat my working overnights. I always try to treat my morning like it was my evening. Yeah. You know, when you work day shift, you get off in the evening, you don't go to bed as soon mm-hmm. as you get off. I mean, you, you have dinner, you know, you watch a little TV, you play with your kids, hang out with your wife or your significant other, you know, you end up having, you know, three, four hours mm-hmm. and you have some social time. So when I work overnights, when I get off in the morning, I usually, you know, want to go have breakfast and and maybe watch a little news in the morning or or just have some kind of social time for three or four hours. I, I usually hit the, the the bed around eleven, eleven thirty during the mm-hmm. day, and then I find what I found by doing that is I can actually sleep solid. Yeah. If I get off work and I'm like, man, I'm so tired, and I want to go straight to bed. I'll sleep two hours and then I'll be awake, yeah. and then I, you know, and I may be awake for two hours, and what, well, and then, but those naps will wear you down. Those mm-hmm. little two-hour naps here and there will wear you down. So that that was the biggest thing to help me, try, you know, to stay do night shift routine, was, yeah. was just make a routine and stick to it, no matter how tired I was. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, really good tip for sure. 
Um, any any last parting words regarding kind of tips and tricks, tools of the trade? Any anything else that kind of pops into mind that you think our, our listeners would uh, and our employees would benefit from? Now, just don't let it wear you down. Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of team members. That, I mean, you're like, I'm going to New York. It's like you're immediately. Uh, I mean, look at it like, hey, what kind of opportunity is this to go to go to New York City? Uh, you know what what what? I mean, there's. I want something about every single state that if somebody asks me a question, I can tell them something that I thought was really, really neat about that state. Uh, get off the interstate some when, when you're traveling. If you have time, you know, between jobs or going to a job, you know, get off the interstate, drive some some, some uh, state highways, some U.S. highways. Uh, I was actually thinking about this uh, conversation earlier today, and I looked up, I, I drove across uh, Nevada, from Utah, and I was going to Northern California up around Sacramento, mm-hmm. and I got off the interstate because it was just a better path, <clears throat> and I drove the extraterrestrial highway. It's like 98, it's 98 miles of nothing. And, and from when you turn to get on that road, about halfway, there's a little stop, and then the rest of the way, there's nothing else. There was no gas, so you could get that stop was like a cup of coffee and use a restroom. But just seeing, the, the antelope and elk play, they would get on the road and play because I saw three cars during that 98 miles. So get off the interstate, you know, and see some, I mean, see some of the country. I mean, Arizona, the same way I, I going from Phoenix uh, over to New Mexico a couple of times, I didn't, I didn't run the interstate. I just run the state highway mm-hmm. and, and you'll see some of the most amazing rock formations. And, and, and I mean, it's just, it, it's just amazing. And, but yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much what I got. Perfect, man. And and I, just to reiterate your point on that, like, at least for me, the, the the reason we exist to a degree is to build relationships and meet new people and, and, and have that camaraderie and, and then those people that you can rely on that become friends and, and colleagues and things like that. And being able to, to have those common um, experiences and, and things like that are huge and so the fact that you've been to 48 states i think i'm at 31 so i have a ways to go to get you i got the hard ones i got like the dakotas and the and, and some of those up in the northwest that doesn't count working in canada and mexico well i don't got yeah so. i don't got anything on that either but um but being able to to when you hear somebody from you know let's say missouri being able to like know something about that state and build that connection immediately just makes that that interaction so much more uh, fulfilling and, and easy. It just creates an ease of conversation. So I really liked your points on that. Um, that's really great. So uh, before we wrap up the show, just want to remind you all, uh, please check your pro daily. Uh, that's where a lot of those hotel codes and motel codes that, that Nick spoke of are, are on. Uh, that's where those are at. Um, and if you have any questions, uh, please, again, look at the Pro Daily. Uh, send us in your shout-outs and submit the word of the month so we can make sure to, uh, to reward you with some swag uh, after we wrap up here. Thanks again, Nick. Thank you.